It's time to crack a cold one and wreck some rankings on Wrecked Rankings. This is Nathan here with Wrecked Rankings, and today we are possibly going to take you back some of your childhood and or adult memories with our topic today, which is board games. It's a topic that I, I think speaks to a lot of us, like I said, with childhood. There's a couple of main things you remember from childhood. You know, it's like Saturday cartoons, it's breakfast cereals, it's creating memories that you'll repress later, but also board games are a big part of our youth, I think. And then uh, as we go through family life, it's something that, that sticks with us, I think. Uh, what are your thoughts on today's topic? So, Nathan, they certainly stick with you. However, I'm not sure for the right reasons. So, you know... <laughs> Your, your family wants to play board games with you to bond and have a good family night. But at least in, in Matt's household, this always ended in some big <laughs> debacle or some big argument, someone flipping over a board. Um, so what started out as good intentions ended up just being hysterical now, looking back on it. But it was very traumatic. <laughs> Would you say that they brought you closer as a family or farther apart or a little bit of both? They prepared me for my adult life as it is today. It was it was a necessary evil. It was. Yeah, I guess the all childhood references aside, uh, really the the term board games encompasses a lot of stuff because there's the more family style board games. But I guess apart from our childhood memories, there's a lot of more strategic type games that are out there these days. Um, you know, there's a lot of these classic board games that are not necessarily you know multiplayer as far as three plus people goes like you know 1v1 uh, classic style board games there's all types of different board games out there so like what I guess when you're looking at this what all do you kind of consider to be a board game like what, what do you put into that general category yeah so this is a very interesting topic because the scope can be very broad um I mean even just walking down a Walmart or Target aisle if you go to the board game aisle there's there's some weird stuff out there now um, for my criteria, I try to stick with things that people know. So these are going to be household names. So I didn't go find the actual worst board games. I may mention some of those later in the uh, dishonorable mentions. But it's going to be things you know. It's going to be things that are considered... Eh, I, I, I was going to say family friendly, but one of them eh, may not be. Um, but my the board itself is not a criteria. That may be for you, but the board itself is not a criteria, but it needs to be a, a, some kind of gathering game. So basically some kind of multiplayer tabletop type of game is what you're kind of going for. Yeah, so like when I visited Grandma's house growing up, all she had was Solitaire and Spider Solitaire, which is vastly underrated. That's another mm-hmm. list. But no, no, it has to be something where two or more people gather. Okay, then, then yeah, I guess for me... Kind of the criteria I use, uh, you mentioned it. So one I had with the term board game, th- there's some kind of board involved when I'm going through creating the best list. That I, so I kind of I kind of excluded uh, card games or anything that's n- not necessarily using some type of, of board uh, to go through. So I guess uh, that could be something we, we mention along the way if you do have some of those. Um, the other criteria I looked at is I think ultimately the number one goal of board games is to have fun. So I, I really have the, the fun element as kind of a, a bigger criteria. Um, also, yeah, the game itself, you know, the structure of the rules, which ones are well put together is a factor. And then another big factor, which limits this list to, is the popularity or significance of some of these games. Like you said, you're, you're going to have mainly household-type names here. Same here, because on the best list, I mean, 
it's going to be some of the more popular things. Yeah. And, and kind of with those criteria, I know some of the ones we're going to mention, there's probably some certain strategy games out there that are more complex or more well thought out or so forth, but they may not necessarily meet the popularity criteria, and that's for why they're not being on here. So if you're more of a hobbyist board game type player, I'm sure, yes, there's some great options out there. No, hold on here. Hold on here, partner. Do not apologize for the nerds on Reddit that hang out in the board game subreddit. Look, we are dorks, but we are not board game dorks, all right? Just don't, don't apologize yeah. for that. We are mainstream consumers. So, yeah, there, there are certain strategy games that will still kind of be up for grabs based on the kind of criteria I've set out. And then just to a lesser extent, I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, are they family friendly? Is it meet more ranges? That, that could be some bonus points in, in my mind, stuff like that. Um, but really, that's just kind of how I approached it. So we'll we'll kind of get more into those, I think, as we get into the list. I think so, partner. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, also, oh, yeah, today Peter. is a first. We are drinking a beer that was donated by a fan of the show. Yeah, so, you know, we occasionally get fan mail. Uh, mostly it's just a, why do you guys continue to do this show? <laughs> but for this one, it was a six-pack of Carbox, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out. Which, if you, do you understand the reference there, yes, Nathan? Yes, it's, uh, it's a Christmas story reference. But it's uh, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out, spelled Y-U-L-E. So, getting like a pun going with the Christmas. But uh, you also got the picture of the uh, leg lamp from A Christmas Story on it. Uh, you got some nice red and green Christmas colors on the can, but it is a red ale which is with a citrus twist that I, I think is actually pretty great so this, far. This, this is actually fantastic, and you know I was not expecting this when we cracked it open. Um, I'll let you know at the end of the episode. I don't know if this is going to surpass the Steve Austin Broken Skull IPA. We'll revisit that after our yeah. I was going to say uh, that's. Hmm. It is very good though. I, I would totally recommend it. It's different because you know normally when you get to like. Oktoberfest and then like the Christmas seasonal beers, like usually mm-hmm. the beers get very darker and like it's a lot more stouts or you know deeper kind of beers. This one's kind of a pleasant surprise because I mean being a red ale is definitely more on the the lighter side. You know I, what? I'm I just going to go out on a limb here. This beer is going on the best list. It's not going on the worst <laughs> list. Agreed. Maybe that's something we should do going forward. That sounds like a segment. Anyways, we'll, we'll start. We'll collect all the names of these and we'll we'll rank these eventually. All we'll the have like a running buy. ranking. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that that's actually a pretty good idea. We'll workshop it. <laughs> start, but actually start with your legitimate best list here. Okay, so number five, I have the game of chess. So th- this is probably a pretty controversial one uh, just because chess is probably the most popular out of all the classic board games that ever existed, probably the best-selling, most ignor- historically significant. I-, I mean, competitive chess is quite unlike any other competitive board game that's out there. Um, but ultimately, as far as kind of like the classic type of board games that you have between like chess, checkers, backgammon, whatever, whatever you throw into that category, chess is definitely the standout. Um, and so yeah, depending on how you want to do this, this could be your number one, I guess, depending on how you want to define criteria. But, but ultimately chess, it's, you know, a game that's been around for a long time. It's going to continue to be around. Um, but ultimately, the reason I don't have farther up is I don't find chess to be that fun of a game. <laughs> like, um, personally, it, it kind of sometimes seems like the piano practice of the board game world, where when you're growing up, you have to learn how to play chess, but you don't always necessarily like it. It's just something you're kind of forced to do. Wait, how good are you at the piano? 
I'm not. Oh, <laughs> I just, okay. But you know, it's like, it's just one of those things that, that sometimes it seems like it's being forced upon people. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, Donkey Kong is a very good game. It's very well thought out. It's very well balanced. There's all types of strategies you can do so you can have some fun with it. Um, but to me, you know, despite how popular it's been across the world and so forth, it's just, it's not necessarily the most engaging game. I mean, it's limited to two people. Um, so you, you can have communities built around it, but it's still, it's not, it's not that inclusive either, but it's just, it's not, it's not the most intriguing game. Now now hold on here. Look, I'm glad you respect chess enough to put on your list, but I'm going to keep it real with the listeners. Okay. Look, everyone I've ever met who like has played chess has always been pompous. They've always been kind of jerkish and elitist. You know, every show or movie you've ever seen where they played chess, it wasn't like a, a good old boy that played chess. There was always some jerk or maniacal person. Like, do you remember the episode of Hey Arnold where they're playing chess in the park? <laughs> yes. And it's it, no. What's what was the main chess guy's name? Was it Bobby Fish? It, yeah, it was. It was. It was like I think it, they didn't do Bobby Fish. I think, I think it was just. Bobby Fish, I think is what they... I, I can't remember, but anyway... They had some kind of... I'll see if I can pull it up as your rant goes on. But anyways, you know, chess, it, it, maybe I was just too dumb for it. I was more of a checkers fan, myself. So, what? you found something. Hold on. Nathan is oh, they, they, He was Robbie Fisher. He was, I think it's what they called him. So they are the executives at Nickelodeon. So, <laughs> but um, I would say the one counterpoint to that is to your movie reference. They do have wizard chess in uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So and I wouldn't consider uh, Ron to be pompous necessarily. Now, hang on here. So, sidebar. I don't know if this has been disclosed. I think we both like Harry Potter. I think I may like it more than you. Don't get me started on wizard chess. Okay, <laughs> makes no sense at all. Okay, first of all, they all should have died. None, none of those eight-year-olds, or I'm sorry, I guess they're 11, <laughs> and technically in the first movie. But like, none of them would have withstood all those falls <laughs> from all those massive characters exploding. Are you serious? This is, this is insane. <laughs> I mean, you can always go back to the, the theme of magic being the explanation for everything. The magic in their bodies protected them. So you're telling me Ron's little body was enough to suffice for a missing piece? Quite possibly. <laughs> Whatever, but, man. But yeah, no, no, going to, but yeah, it's just one of those things it's like to get good at. You basically have to study it and play it an incredible amount. Um, but it's just, it's just not that, it's not that, like I said, I can't knock the game, but it's just, it's not as engaging. If you want to go have a fun Friday night, do you invite the people over to play chess or... Like, hey, you want to hang out and play chess? Is that is that one of your first instincts? I, I would say no. <laughs> and I think that that's kind of telling a lot with if uh, I'm sticking with, you know, the fun factor being one of the main criteria here. No, I, I agree. You know, it's on your list. So I thought you would talk it up more, but I, I think you're realizing. You know, it, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's a little bit begrudgingly because I understand what the other criteria I've set forth. I mean, this really does kind of hit it. It's the biggest board game that the world's ever seen, but... It's just, other than that, the other elements is just not quite as good as some of the other things that will be on this list later. Fair. That's a very fair point. So, let me go with my, I don't know if this is the most controversial pick I have, but it almost didn't make the list because it kind of, it doesn't meet Nathan's criteria. But, 
I thought that its its place in culture and party culture today is too profound for me not to speak on it. And that is Cards Against Humanity. It's the number five worst game. It was almost the game Sorry, which I may talk about briefly later. But I decided on this one because I'm more passionate. So, if you've been to any kind of gathering or party since 2013? Maybe 14. Anyway, that's kind of when it exploded. 2013, 2014. Everyone's had some version of this game. And it seems to be the only game that anybody wants to play in a big group of people. The problem is that once you've seen this deck of cards, like, twice, it becomes less fun. So, like, if you're the one who owns the deck of cards, it's awful. You get the worst ROI on it. <laughs> Unless you keep buying all of these expansion packs. you got to keep it buying expansion pack and expansion pack. So, you've gone down the rabbit hole of cost. And the, the amount of fun you're going to get out of it, again, it, that doesn't add up. Two, outrage in playing whatever quote-unquote funny cards you have always beats out clever context use. So even if you actually play a better <laughs> card that is more apt to the situation, if somebody who's had a few drinks plays some outrageous card that's going to win, even if it makes no sense to the situation, and that always frustrates me. All right? Three, it's not conducive to pl- being played around your family. So, you know, especially if you are, you know, that young age, if you're a college-age student and, you know, you're trying to play this with your parents on Christmas break, it's not the best game to play. Not saying it can't be done, but again, it's more cringeworthy than it is, you know, actual fun. <laughs> um, it just... Don't own it. If you play it at a party, fine. Don't recommend it. There are other games to play that actually involve some skill. Yeah. I, I think you've kind of said something important. I think with pretty much any board game... It's always going to be a combination of skill and luck, um, just based on the way the game's set up. And, and with Cards Against Humanity, I, I guess the the theory of it is that it should be that combination. And you know, whoever is has the prompt card will will choose based on their own personal preferences. You can kind of use your skill to play to that or play to the context of the card. But like I said, yeah, it seems to devolve a lot of times in just choosing. You know, there's a couple of you know, the white uh, card responses that are just kind of more, uh, I guess, out there that kind of have the shock value going for them. Yeah. And a lot of times those will win no matter what every single time. So in most cases, it seems like, yeah, those contextual responses end up losing just because they're not as uh, entertaining on the the card regardless if they're relevant or not. So I I guess it's a game that it depends on who you're playing with because I guess each group setting can be a little bit different. You have to play with like really close friends to get to get have the most fun with it. Yeah, because then you get the the other fun thing too is then it since it's like this judgmental subjective type response system, you also get to have all the the drama of somebody not getting their card selected and then the drama of them being upset about their card not being selected for. A various reason. Yeah. Whether it's because they played one of the shock value cards and get picked or because their contextual answer got ignored. So it, it creates unnecessary drama at times too because of these uh, <laughs> these responses. Um, but but yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'll agree because yeah, the return of the value goes down the more you play these cards. Because uh, yeah, like I said, one, once you've seen these cards once, you, you lose the surprise going forward. So it's diminishing returns on the gameplay. So I can understand that. It, yeah. It requires investment and continual updates to keep going. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the last thing I'll say is, you know, there may not be a board 
but you get bored while playing it. So <laughs> that's, that's where I'll leave that. So you go ahead. You continue on there, Nathan. I can't really use that logic on mine. Still got the best list. Otherwise, I could rope some card games in here. But uh, going into number four is a, a classic board game. Um, and this one is uh, what, a 3 6 player with uh, the game Clue. Uh, this is one that's been around a very long time. It's pretty simple in nature. Somebody's been murdered. You got to figure out who, where, and how. A murder, you say, <laughs> down in Savannah. It's, it's one of those games that you know, there's certain games that have stuck around forever and continue to live on in various forms by being licensed into different, you know, popular franchises and things like that too, which kind of speak to the game's survival ability and how much it's it's enjoyed by by families and that being said this one is you know suitable for for families even though it is about a murder i think um us as americans i guess we're comfortable with that subject <laughs> but but really um one of the huge benefits like i said it's a family game but also it doesn't take forever to play you can knock out a game of clue i mean like 30 minutes to an hour usually um but yeah you use the process of elimination to slowly figure out who did what you're kind of watching the other people around you to see if they're going to certain places or if they're making certain moves to try and see what they may or may not know. Um, so you can play the room a little bit in this one, too. Um, there's a little bit of luck in the dice rolls you get if you're trying to go to certain places. But other than that, it's kind of fun. And then ultimately the end game, I think it's kind of interesting, too, if you realize you may be behind on the mystery and you decide you just kind of make a go for it and try to make an accusation at the end. Go, go for it at the end when you think you've got enough to make a, a reasonable guess. So I think there's like that fun kind of uh, element at the end where you're trying to figure out how close you are versus the other people. Uh, but but yeah, it's not complex. You know, it I guess teaches good rational uh, process of elimination skills to children if they get involved. But I, I think it's a, a gameplay style that's repeatable and easy to follow, and it's good fun. And like I said, it won't take all day to do. Yeah, so, you know, I don't have as much negativity around this as I did with chess. You know, I am a sucker for a good murder mystery. I enjoy those kinds of things. I enjoy those television programs. Uh, It is fun. It is fun to gather clues, and you want to feel like you're accomplishing something when you're playing a game. So, like, getting, you know, having the idea that you're piecing this whole thing together... And that, you know, you're going to be the hero in, the, in this scenario. It it just plays to that, that fun factor that you you covet so much. Uh, actually, I don't have anything to say negative about yeah. Clue. I really don't. I guess the last thing I'll say is somewhat off topic. There's a cult classic movie called Clue that's based on the video game that's supposedly really good. Based on the video game? Or sorry, based on the board game. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> based on the video game. Based on the board game. No, uh, but uh, based on the board game and... I've heard things about it, but apparently it's really good, and apparently I need to give it a try at some point. So huh. that's really the last interesting tidbit I have on that one. So I guess otherwise we could just hop over to number four on your list. Okay, so this is the last one I kind of took liberties with. However, there's not a chance, like in our whole lifetime, which has been about 30 years, you have not been able to walk down a board game aisle without seeing this. And that is the game Twister. <laughs> okay. It, it has been a staple in Americana. For as long as I've been alive. And I don't know why. This is bothering me, Nathan. So, this is like a game for like people who are scared to ask someone to gyrate with them. (laughs) 
Like, let's say you're at a you're at the Little John concert, and you want to ask this cutie to dance with you, but you're too scared. So you're like, "Well, I have this game of Twister. I guess we can do that." You know, it's just a cop out. <sighs> Two, it's like the game insults you by having you be the pieces. <laughs> you are the, you are the pawns in the game. You are the materials. Okay. Besides these polka dots on the ground, you provide everything that's needed, which is good and bad. I think it's insulting for how much they charge. All right? You get the little spinner thing and you get the mat. But you have all four things. You have the feet and the hands, hopefully. But, like, you know, and then it's like, all right, is it best as a two-player game? Is it best as two with, like, a third that's, like, a partial referee do you try to do teams that's like two on two? You know, like, what's the best strategy here? It's just, it, it's not very clear. I think it's confusing. Um, it asks you to remove your shoes. That can be very dangerous. Someone could slip. Someone could have very smelly feet. These are all things that you are risking to you and your cohorts <laughs> by playing this game. <laughs> yeah. I know I said that Clue is a simple game. I guess the concept of Twister is, is quite simple. Um, it's very simple. Said, it's the, the only game that gets more awkward to play the older you get, I guess. So it's got that uniqueness to it. Um, yeah, as far as strategy goes, uh, the other thing that's fun is when somebody clearly chooses dots that are going to get in everybody else's way just to be a jerk. Um, that's always kind of funny to watch. That's kind of the point, um, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, you know, you sometimes you get to play with people who are more friendly who will try to kind of want to see how long everybody lasts and do that. But either way, it's not it's not the best game. I would say like it it's I don't really know really how to to categorize this one. It's it's also very short lived. I guess, I guess the, it's, the mat it's only, it's only so much fun for so long. <laughs> like the mat is a board, I guess. Yeah, if you want to call that a board, I guess you know. Like you, you're you're spinning. Kind of fit. You were moving yourself. You were the pawn. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just not the most fun, I guess. Either it's just it, it's it's decent. I don't hate it as much as you do, but it's it, just. I could only see this as fun as if you have a crush on someone and you're at some weird, awkward age, and you don't know how to confront those feelings. Yeah, I mean that, that's. Yeah, those are the benefits it. and yeah, the negatives between like the bo type concerns, whether they come from the foot or elsewhere. Uh, like, that's very true. You know, it's very fair types point. Of, types of considerations definitely go into the cons category, but yeah, I won't disagree with this being on the worst list. Maybe like we could play it and like we intentionally go in smelling horrific <laughs> just to try to psych out the other person. I thought you were going to try to get people against the game of Twister by doing that. Just start crashing people's Twister games. And we should. them resent their decision to play. We should make, like, Twister Max, where we, like, just take a bunch of scissors and just, like, cut the board and all these pieces and just scatter them. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Just just go on. <laughs> so, uh, number three. So, I just said number four. One of the best things about Clue is that you can play it pretty fast. Number three game I have is Risk. <laughs> it's one. You can't play this fast <laughs> yeah. at all. All right, so so I said earlier with the criteria set forth that you know there's still some strategy games that are in play here. Risk would be one of those. It's one of the most popular board games of all time. It definitely kind of falls into the the strategy category. Um, but ultimately, I love this game. It, it's still very simple in in the sense that 
it's basically you've got the world you're you're at war you're trying to take over countries place infantry and roll dice to determine battles and that's really about it as far as the core concepts but i think what makes it so great is just the way the game plays out um because, you know, you, you try to come up with your strategy to win. You're building up supply lines. You're trying to cut off supplies to other people. Then as people grow more powerful, you're creating alliances with others. And then kind of destroying those at various points. But how it goes, so you get kind of the uh, strategic backstabbing elements. A little bit of a semi-political type battle going on mm-hmm. in the middle of the game. Um, it does take forever. Um, in which some cases, that can play into the game. Because if somebody's... Not wanting to play that long, it eventually may break their will just by spending too much time. See, I think you have to go into it with the right group. Yeah, you have to have a group that's committed to it, and you probably need to start early enough, depending on what time would be your your drop time. Um, but but ultimately, as strategy games like, even though it's it's, it's simple in concept, I, I think it has a lasting value. And there's always the randomness as far as the starting positions of the game that always keeps it fresh. And then knowing who you're playing against to always provides a little bit of a different element if you know that they have certain strategies or tactics they like to employ. Um, and it's easy to pick up for newbies. Um, you, you can teach it to children, teach them the concepts of war. Uh, so when you show them uh, movies, you can explain uh, some of the interesting thought behind uh, strategies, I guess. I don't know how viable this is as a child teaching tool, but <laughs> you can at least show them the, the merciless take over that, that, of their That sounds their like countries. a reach, bud. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, there might be some validity to it. Um, it's a fantastic game. It's another one that has gotten licensed out over the years. Granted, most of these have. Sure. But I think I own Star Wars Risk. It's fantastic. I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. Not yeah. even a million dollars. Yeah, I, I own Game of Thrones Risk myself. That's a good one, too. Pretty much any franchise that has to do with war there's a good risk variation for it or if there hasn't been one you could easily make one i think mm-hmm. good game yeah. all right so now we're going to talk about a not so good game uh shoots and ladders or if you want to call it snakes and ladders or you know if you're in the spongebob universe you want to call it eels and escalators whatever you want to call it it's a bad game okay this is like the ultimate test of pointlessness okay this game was like, what? what's the right phrasing here? It was invented by Satan, who was hanging out with Hades, <laughs> and they were down in some volcanic <laughs> contraption, and like they're just trying to conspire the most devilish thing <laughs> known to man. All right, this is <laughs> this game is awful, and you know they say, hey, it's for kids. B.S. All right, this game is not for children. The game does not end. You just go around in circles. You don't ever get ahead. You could you could do all the climbing in the world. You could go up like six sets of ladders, and then once you hit the one shoot, oh, well, you know what? Screw you, guy. You just pretty much lose. It just, it's like, there's no point to climbing and sliding down the chutes. Nobody ever wins. Have you ever played it? I just yeah, want to start. I, I, think, I think my main gripe, kind of going into what you're saying and, and how the game works... It, it, going back to the concept earlier with, with, with board games, it's always going to be some kind of mix of strategy and luck and, and like risk with the one I just mentioned. You know, there's still a luck element to it with dice rolls that it's unavoidable that there's some element of luck and you employ whatever skill you can behind your strategies to give yourself better chances despite that element. Mm-hmm. But like with shoots and ladders, that 
that thing's just a hundred percent lucky. <laughs> like there's there's no rhyme or reason. Like, like there, there's no such thing. I think as being a good shoots and ladders player, you're basically just at the mercy of fate. In a like, sense, at some point you're going to go up some ladders. And at some point you're going to go down some shoots, and that's just going to happen. It, it's it's like it's a test of your will, <laughs> like to not quit. <laughs> there there are no winners. It, it's just no matter what variation it is, it's just. It's not fun. Like, the board is just complex. It's not complex. It's just, like, it's ever entwining. And, and it's just... I think it's dumb. I mean, yeah. And you, you said earlier, you like to feel like you're accomplishing something. Yes. If you can. Absolutely. You, you mentioned that when we were talking about Clue. And, like, I feel like that would apply for Clue and Risk. But, but here, you're not really accomplishing anything. And especially going with that luck thing. If it's really not even a result of your skill, if you do win, I mean, really, what do you have to walk away from it? It just... It feels like a waste of time, and it's just not an enjoyable way to pass the time, especially based on other board games where y- you could actually have more of a say in it. I just I just don't find it to be a very rewarding game. Yeah, I was going to say, if you were trying to get, like, your most bang out of your buck for, like, playing a game without <laughs> outputting any logic or effort, then sure, play this game. But it, it, just do anything else. Play Clue, play Risk, do not play Shoot Some Letters. <laughs> yep. All right, so now we're going to number two. And here's my other controversial pick. Here's Monopoly. And this is one, I guess, similar to chess, depending on defined criteria. A lot of people would say Monopoly is the clear number one. Like, there's no way it couldn't be number one. Interesting. Because I guess, you know, outside of chess, as far as, you know, kind of like the family board games go, Monopoly's always kind of been the king of everything. It's always been, you know, really kind of the top selling. And then going into the selling of the rights for different franchises and stuff. I mean, Monopoly's probably been reused an uncountable amount of times. Like, just because it's so easy to translate to any anything you want, whether it be a, a sports team or a movie franchise or anything like that. Um, but it's a game that's been around forever, partly because it, it is quite fun in, in a lot of ways. Um, what I will say, similar to Risk, this game can take forever, depending on what uh, rules you play by whether it's the standard or customized rules, it, it's a game that, that can take quite a while to go through. But um, I really guess we're on the strategy side. Monopoly's kind of a first venture into negotiating for a, a lot of people in their lives. Like, I'm trying to think of when I was a kid, before Monopoly, you know, where I would have had that kind of element in anything I did. Because, I mean, one of the big pieces of Monopoly is, you know, people have been collecting properties and they're starting to try and create their their power mm-hmm. and build their little empire, if you will. But eventually it comes to a point where, depending on where everybody landed and the properties they bought, you're going to have to start cutting some deals, making some sacrifices, trying to, uh, you know, figure out how you're going to come into power in, in your particular situation. And I think that element of the game is part of why it makes it so timeless, is because depending on who you're playing with and what you're doing and how the, the dice rules start out early in the game, you never know what kind of power struggle you're going to be in. So it, that, that keeps the game fresh every single time you play. Uh, like I said, it does take a long time, so you do have to have patience. Um, and I guess going into who you play with, maybe a little bit on the card against humanity thing, it could be a better or worse experience depending on who you are playing with. Because um, depending on how seriously or not seriously you take it will will make a big difference in the play. Um, also depending on 
like I said, the, the luck factor at the beginning of the game will decide who starts out in what positions. Um, but but ultimately, I think it's it's a game that there's enough variation between each time you play, like I said, to where you never get bored, I guess, unless it's just from the time element itself. I have a lot to say. Okay, I'll, I'll let you talk before I continue. This was very close to making my worst list. And let me tell you why. One, nobody's ever finished a game of Monopoly. Ever. I don't care. And also, nobody's played by the official rules. I know there are tournaments. I know that there's a community for it. Growing up, nobody played by the actual rules of Monopoly. Every, every family had their own set of rules. And everybody at some point got frustrated. Whoever it was in the family. It could have been you. could have been your father. Your little brother. Somebody flipped the board at some point. And that's where the game night ended. This has happened numerous times at my household growing up, all right? Two, it teaches you that the bank never loses. What a great lesson. <laughs> that that is a great lesson. That, that, that's, that's going to the point. Now, the it's a necessary thing. lesson, but is it necessary for little children to know that? that that's you know, That the bank's never going to lose. Three, as the great Creed Bratton would say, get out of jail free cards are never that cheap, man. Those things cost a fortune. Alright? <laughs> you don't just pick them up. It's ridiculous. Four. This has been over-licensed. I have played different variations of this Monopoly. And also Monopoly Junior. And I played Monopoly Junior one time. And it made me hate life. Have you ever played Monopoly Junior? I can't say that I Oh, have. it's even dumber than regular Monopoly. Is, right. it a, is it a smaller board? It is a smaller board. It's it's very lot less properties. Anyways, it's a whole it's a whole other side. I guess does make the game go a lot faster then if there's a lot less territory to divvy up or. Yes, but it's not as satisfying. Okay. So there's a trade off. But look, it it can be fun, but you really have to like you can't just suggest it for your family. You have to have a bunch of people who love Monopoly to go at it. This is not something. This will ruin. You'll, you'll start yelling at each other. Don't do that. All right? If, if you're fresh into a relationship, don't do that. If you've been a terrible parent and you're trying to injure your child's life, do not play Monopoly. All right? Go play Shoots and Ladders because at least you'll have time to talk about things. I think the thing with Monopoly, too, is especially based on how long it takes, there could be a certain point in the game where somebody just decides to screw somebody over either intentionally or, or I guess maybe they don't intentionally screw somebody over, but they just make such a bad trade that it just changes the landscape of the, the, the game. And the other people are there sitting like, hey, we just committed a couple hours to this. And this person basically just decided to make the stupidest business decision possible. Yeah. And that, that can ruin the whole time. So then you, you're sitting there after a couple hours realizing that, oh, it doesn't matter. This person's not even taking this seriously. What what was all of this for? <laughs> so that's... That's one of the things, but I guess you could also teach if you're a parent and you're playing with your kids, teach them harsh lessons about uh, business, and uh, you know, put them out of their misery in the course of a game, and yep, and get, give them some hard life lessons out of it. That's totally it, Nathan. But, but yeah, similar to chess, I guess this is one where yeah, you know, it made the list for some of the other criteria, but once again, I would say Monopoly is more fun than chess, um, and, and more inclusive, I guess, because you can have a bigger party out of it but but on the fun i wouldn't say on the particular fun aspect that it's as fun as like risk or clue or the previous ones i've mentioned 
uh, outside of these. Now, I think it can be more fun because people like obtaining money, even if it's fake money. People like mm-hmm. the beginning of the game where it's easier and you start buying assets and buying property. But it's like... So I think quicker gratification over, over clue and over risk. But yeah, probably at the end. Yeah, no, you're probably not as happy. Yeah. And I guess the last point too is if somebody's just getting destroyed early in the game until they get finally put out of their misery. I mean, they're, they're just spending hours knowing that they have no chance of winning and it gets kind of depressing in that, from that perspective, rather with like clue, you always have a shot no matter how far behind you perceive that you are. And then risk, depending on what kind of alliances happen, you might find a way to kind of survive and grow later. It's yeah. just hard to do that with monopoly depending on how things play out early on. So, Correct. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's that's really it about Monopoly. Um, All right. So, shoot. so the number two on my end, Mousetrap. So let's talk a little bit about Mousetrap. It sounds fun on paper. And I'm sure you, you... I don't know if you played it growing up. I had it. It looks great. However, it is probably the most convoluted board of anything that, that has ever existed. It has the most parts, the most pieces of anything... Without any kind of gratification. Alright, so it's just the ultimate Rube Goldberg machine. You're trying to build this trap for the mouse, but it's not simple. This game was supposed to be meant for children. It's not. If you go back, if we go back and play it now, Nathan, we would barely comprehend it. Alright? So, like, you spend all this time setting up the traps, setting up raising it, but, like, it resets every, like, three turns. You know what happens when it resets? Like the damn like marble like rolls off and it rolls off your table, and now you got to go dig into your carpet to find all the pieces. Like oh, where'd the damn marble go? So then like you get it back finally, and then like you have to spend another three or four turns like raising the trap, but then that drops and then stuff just shatters everywhere again. And it's like oh, then you just spend more time cleaning things up again. It's just. The concept does not match the fun fact. The concept sounds fun. Cool. I get the set of mousetrap. And like, the, I remember the commercials as a child. It made it look so freaking badass, for lack of a better term. But it's just not. It's not. It's crappy coated plastic that shatters easily. I mean, still building the machine for the first time feels fun. Uh, all the for the first inside, time. The but then inside. it crashes a couple turns later and then you get over it. And you're like, oh. What's the point? <laughs> I think they also didn't have they kind of like modified the game because I know when it was like in like I guess maybe back in like the nineties and stuff, it's pretty cool and complex. But I feel like they kind of like simplified the machine you know, over the. They years. may have in in getting ready for this episode. All of my prep was based off the old like nineties versions of it. Yeah, and I think that was probably the the best version. Um, but but still, yeah, it's it's more frustrating than it seems from the outside. Um, it's also not that going back to like the complexity and skill versus luck. It's just not that fun when when you actually start playing the game. Like really, apart from seeing the machine get built and used, it it's really not that interesting. I guess there's, yeah. there's not much going. It's basically it's, it's all built around that one gimmick, and there's not that much exciting going on apart from that. Like like you don't really get into the game that much at any point. Um, no, it, it's. I, I wouldn't play it again. Like you know, I'm having a son soon, but like I, I would, I wouldn't want that on to wish that upon him. 
are you going to pretend like the game doesn't exist? Or are you going to let him play it? Or are you just going to tell him he's not allowed to play it? Like We can play with real mousetraps. I'd rather do that. <laughs> that. That sounds like a lovely parenting idea. We'll trap, think, we'll yeah. trap our dog. <laughs> so then, all right. So then going to, to number one on the best list. Here I have a game that probably you're familiar with. It's the game of life. And so... Uh, once again, it, it, you might find it controversial that chess or Monopoly doesn't get this spot. But ultimately, like I said earlier, the biggest criteria for a board game is having fun. And this is a game that's stuck around a long time, obviously. It's fun. You can play it you know, with several people. It's great for families. Uh, you know, you can play it with friends. It's, as well as a game that goes um, in, into any kind of setting. Um, I, I think another great thing is usually with board games, you know, you can have the, like the dice rolls, how you move, but Game of Life has got that spinner that's just so much fun, especially if you're a kid. It, it might be the best spinner. Really, the only thing that rivals it would be like the, you know, like the boggle jumper or whatever. Like it's kind of yeah, like the bubble. No, yeah, nobody plays boggle. Yeah, you pop that. Yeah, yeah, boggle sucks. Um, but uh, I'm hoping to hear that name get called. But uh, if you. Uh, if you look at that, it's, it's a little bit of extra fun there. I know as a kid, too, you try to spin the spinner as hard as you can to see if it, like, flies off or something. But uh, other than that, you know, the game is interesting. It's a little bit different every time because you get, like, the different occupations and, you know, you'll get different salaries, different houses. And it's kind of a different experience. Like, it's a little bit of, like, a, a role-playing element built in. But the game is still really simple and easy to understand, but you still have enough leeway with the decisions you make. To where you get to kind of mold your experience and, you know, make make some gambles where you see fit. And it's also not too complex for a child to where they can understand what's happening and, and still be able to join in on some of those strategic elements. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it teaches teach some great things about life. Like, as far as, once again, from a parenting perspective with your child. Because, uh, you know, with the game of life, it's just like real life. And one, one moment you're being randomly assigned a salary... The next, you've got an SUV full with your spouse and four kids. That's how life works. So I, I think there, there's all kinds of lessons that can be gleaned there. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of what else to say on that that topic, but you know, it's you know, I, I think too because we all started playing that as young children. Mm-hmm. But I think even then, we were able to grasp its overall lessons. And I think you know, like player agency, I think it's important. Actually, yeah. letting the player make choices that are consequential—that game is fantastic for it. Um, good or bad, you do learn a lot. It actually does introduce concepts that you pick up on later in life. That it kind of hints at here, and now I think there's different variations. I think they did make like a funny one, like a millennial one. Really, I think so. I'd be interested. Or there's like crippling death or something. <laughs> but like, I know there's other versions of it. Um, but dude, I always had a great time playing this. I always played it at other people's houses. I don't think I ever owned it. I know family members did. I, I don't think I ever had. I it. didn't own it for the longest time. Like this is one of the last board games I think our, our family bought. Like it's like we had a couple board games growing up, but I, same story. I think I played it at relatives' houses first, and then started playing it at, at friends' places. But, but yeah, like the so player agency is big, and then. You can kind of have different things that excite you every time. Like, I know sometimes it's fun to be, like, the police officer where you get to ticket people if they spin a 10 or things like that. Like, there's there's different little quirks to the game that also fit in with the role-playing element at the same time mm-hmm. that I, I, I think make it exciting so that 
each time you play, like I said, you get a different experience. So that element keeps it fresh. Um, but, but yeah, I think there's enough strategy and, and luck that it's a good balance for any age, really. You know, this is the first one you've said where, like, I actually want to go back and play it. Like, I'd be down to play it, like, once once we're done recording here. Yeah. It's a great game. <laughs> there's not much bad to say about it. Like I said, it's not going to be the most complex or fleshed out concept in the world. It's, it's still fairly simple in nature. But I think when you consider the fun aspect and everything else, that, that's where it puts it above something like Monopoly for me. Like, despite it not being the most renowned board game of all time, it, it, from all things considered, that, that's where it hits the top of my list currently. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, so my number one. This one, it, this one is going to be controversial. The game Candyland. <laughs> okay. So let me just tell you about this game. I understand what the intent is with this game. It's to introduce very small children to the concept of board games. However, I think it does a very insulting job of underestimating children and how quickly they can adapt and learn. I think it doesn't use the candy license to its fullest extent. I think they could have been more creative with the board. I know it's very colorful, but look... This game is essentially like pro wrestling. It's like predetermined before it starts. Like once the deck is shuffled, like the, the game is over. Like the, there, there's no skill. There's no luck. It's really just teaching you how to take turns, mm-hmm. how to differentiate between colors, and how to obey rules, which, which are all great. Those are all fantastic <laughs> things to learn. But there are other games that incorporate other concepts. Like we were talking about player agency. There's none of that here. Like... At all. Like, this is the ultimate, you know, experiment in how to underestimate children. Don't do that. We're smarter than what we look like. And I, that's, that's me speaking as three-year-old Matt. Um, you know, even even the Candyland aesthetic of it. So there's like, there's Rainbow Trail. There's Gumdrop Pass. That's the best you could do for the shortcuts. The Gumdrop Pass. I guess what what year was it first invented? I think when it was first made, it was. I like, think the sixties. I'm ninety nine percent positive. There, there was less fun in the the candy world or less variation. Uh, but I no gumdrops were never fun. Do you enjoy gumdrops? I can't say that I have. Well, there you go. If I was born in a different time period, would I have liked gumdrops? I think that's hmm. uh, probably still. Yeah, not, that's but. a good question. I, I think it was sixty three. I'm pretty sure it was nineteen sixty three. But then, like, you know, the evil guy on the board, Lord Licorice, he's trying to slow you down by landing on his licorice spaces. That's awful. Granted, licorice is terrible. I don't care. I know Nathan disagrees. All licorice is bad. All your Twizzlers. All rep Twizzlers. All I, your I, red vines, they're I, terrible. I dislike red vines. Of course I, you do. I, I do. I do because like all twizzlers. you people have to act like elitist to your brand. Don't do that, all right? It's just, it's not fair to anyone. <laughs> Just both of you go out back. Nobody wants any of it. <laughs> Nobody wants Candyland. It's awful. I agree. I mean, Candyland is never something I got into, even as a kid. It's just not, well, like you said, there's not much to the game. It's not exciting. You, you don't have a lot of freedom when you, when you think about it in context. Uh, you don't get that much out of it. Uh, yeah, there, there's some basic educational things you get for very small children, but also at the same time, too. You, you, it, the theory is you're playing as a family. It makes the parents suffer because I don't think they generally enjoy it. Because that's something like with the game of life. It's something that 
you know, the parents still can get into it and they can also kind of walk their kids through some of the harder decisions in the game. Like, there are other games that meet those needs and go a step above. So I I think Candyland is very simple. It's got a a very straightforward purpose, but it's it's a terrible board game when you you think about it. it. It doesn't, going back to the skill versus luck too, it's just... There's not much rewarding about it. The only people that get something out of this are the small children who are kind of building up those skills. So I guess outside of that context, as far as the grander scheme of things goes, it's it's not the best board game out there. And so I'm, I'm not going to dispute this. Once again, I've never been a big Candyland person, even when I was a kid. So that's that, that's nothing hard for me to say, I guess. But it probably is controversial to many people, though. I don't care. It's bad. Don't play it. <laughs> Your kids are smarter than that. <clears throat> I guess. So I guess that's really I had to say. In that, do you want to kind of hop into in the honorable mentions on? Yeah, go side? ahead. What you got? So I, I guess if you actually, I'll start. I'll start with the honorable mentions on yours. Really on the, the worst list. The only thing uh, I was thinking, apart from Boggle, which I think is is, is kind of boring, um, is Trivial Pursuit. Mainly just because I hate Trivial Pursuit. If you're really, playing. it's just. I think this is one where I'm just not good enough for it. Like, really? The questions on it. Huh. I guess at least the versions I've played are some of the older ones, and I can't figure out half the questions going on half the time. Um, and so it becomes more of a frustrating experience than it is rewarding. I do like how they have like the little pie thing. You're sticking in the different colored pieces in there. Uh-huh. Like, that element as a child was fun. Everything else, though, I'm just not that big into. I, like, I guess I like some of the modern versions where they've created you know, update versions, or if it's tailored to a specific franchise or something like that, to where it is a subject I have more on. I think that's that's where I get more out of it. Other than that, yeah, Trivial Pursuit is just something I've never quite enjoyed, I guess. Huh, I'm kind of surprised. Interesting. Any other ones? Yeah, you just or? need to do more learning. Well, I guess, I mean, yeah, you mentioned Sorry, so you can, you can talk about that one in a second. <sighs> Um, those aren't that much fun. No, go ahead. What do you have to say about Sorry? Because it's probably the same thing. It's just... I mean, it's... This one actually goes more into the fun aspect. I'll, I'll see what you say on, on that. I, the only other things I'll mention is... As far as the worst list goes, some of the more gimmicky type board games that get boring really fast, like Hungry Hungry Hippos. Um, st- tough stuff kind of in that realm. Where it's it's fun for a while, but since there's not much more to it than that... It gets old really, really fast. I now, think that's what I, I have many great memories playing Hungry Hungry Hippos. I have many great memories too, but like just from an objective standpoint, I think it's where I wouldn't consider it to be great. What if we started gambling while playing it? Like, would it make it more fun? Oh yeah, I think that's true for a lot of these actually. <laughs> Pretty much anyone where it's like a random type chance like that, or very little skill. I think I think the the gambling element adds a little bit of fun to it to, to make up for that that lack of balance on the skill luck side. But yeah, I, I, go, on, go on your sorry rant, and then we'll, we'll yeah, go from there. So, sorry to me, you know, like, I'm not going to dwell on this too long. It, essentially, it's just like a slightly more adult version of Candyland. All you're doing, is, first of all, the most boring character selection of any board game. You don't like the colored pieces? Hey, here are these little GPS points. <laughs> That's all you're getting. And then you're just, you're just sliding them around until you screw up, essentially. So, no. I'm not... You know what? It doesn't deserve me to talk about it. it it's, again, it's just a slightly less dumb Candyland. 
Yeah. I think it's the really the theme of it. It's just there's not much there's not much to grip you concept wise. Yeah. It's just it's kind of the vanilla of board games. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, and you know, it, it's saying sorry with an exclamation mark. Who does that? Why are we why are we saying we're sorry in a condescending manner? But but yeah, the it's th- those are kind of some of the main ones, and I don't think those are really popular these days either. Uh, I don't. I hope not. Well, so. you, you still see them though. If you walk in any store, yeah, like you, you'll see it's them prevalent. I can't imagine like if you look at like the sales numbers more recently that they're still doing that well. I, I don't know, man. I, like, think I, would, I would say some I really of the older do. generations still have that, but I can't see kids getting that excited about sorry, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, one that almost made my list was, uh, did you ever play Guess Who? Yeah. Guess Who is awful. Okay, unless you customize it and, like, you put pictures of all your friends on it. It. What's the game? You're just naming character traits. Well, yeah, I guess th- this is another one similar to Hungry Hunger Hippos where I have fond memories playing it. But I will admit, it's not the best See, game out there. You didn't have fun playing it. You had fun knocking down who it wasn't. That's it. That was the fun of it. You flicked people up, and then you flicked them all down. That's it. That was the fun part. I mean, when you think about it, too, it's when you talk about the lessons you get from it, uh, I guess the pro- positives, it teaches you how to properly identify people, and the negatives... It has a focus on everybody's physical characteristics and not who these people are. Yeah, what a jerk game. So I think, like in that sense... Are you the one with the glasses? Do you have glasses? Yeah, it's like it's it's kind of offensive the more you think about how you're breaking out these groups into smaller subsects. Hey, maybe there's... Based on their physical traits. Maybe there's a new 2020 version. There probably is. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, The only other game that almost made my list, this one is controversial, Battleship. Yeah... That's so, one on the, I guess going to honorable mentions for the good side. I kind of had Battleship there because I understand it's a terrible game. Like it's it's it, another one where it's 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 mainly just absolute luck. It's blind bingo. It, it's it's it is blind bingo. The only thing is like the only element of skill is yeah. like knowing who you're playing and trying to guess where that particular person might hide their stuff. And there's certain people who are willing to kind of like stick multiple ships in the same area just to screw with the opponent. And that, that that kind of makes it interesting from time to time, but it's one it doesn't take long to play. You can knock out games of it pretty fast, and there's some element of fun to it. But, yeah, I, I didn't put it on the best list just because I, I realize it's shortcomings. <laughs> but I, I do think it's a good time still. Yeah, for sure. All right, so then if that's all on the, the worst list, what what things are you hoping to see on the best you know, I don't know why I was hoping to see Checkers. I knew it wasn't going to show up. I love Checkers, okay? I just, I love it. I love stacking them. I agree. I, I, can't, uh, I can't disagree with that. I think I think Checkers is a lot of fun. It's one of those simple games that's super fun. Um, I mean, yeah. It, it, if I could, like, so I know I have chess number five, right? Yeah. But if I consider just the fun factor, I have more fun, I would say, playing checkers than I do chess. Just because it is easier to grab and the strategy is much It's easier simpler. to get in and out. I haven't it's... done the time commitment on chess to build up that skill. Yeah. I, yeah, and time perspective, it's faster. I would say it does beat out chess I on the fun factor element. I, I would say that's not a question. Yeah. So I can't disagree with that. Um, I do have one. This is more obscure. I, I would still count this as a board game. 
Do you ever play Mancala? I have not. Really? You haven't? Do you know no. what it is? I'm not sure. You do. Is... Google it. Mancala. Man, C-A-L-A. Yeah, once you Google it, you're absolutely going to know what this is. You may not have played it. Oh. I'm surprised. Because you're a big, I know you you're big numbers kind of person. Yeah, we, we, we did this in school every now and then, too. Like, we had a... Uh, I'm trying to remember what grade it was, but we basically had a version of this game that we were playing, too. But, but I know I know what you're talking about. I this completely slipped in my mind for the longest time. But oh, dude, it was, some of my cousins had it. It was so fun growing up. Like it's all numbers and trying to pass people, and it's just it's fun. And then you know they're all shiny, and you're just all trying to collect each other's colored pebbles, for lack of a better term. Um, but no, other than that, man, like I said, you know, life is probably up there. Uh, risk is up there for sure. Trying to think if there's anything else last second. Um, no, I think those are the heavy hitters. What, what about you? Anything else? I mean, really, I'm pretty comfortable with the ones that are on there. I don't disagree with a lot of the options that are, are out there. Like I said, checkers, that, that's fine with me. Um, I mean, some of the things that I would have honorably mentioned that didn't make it really wouldn't meet the criteria of the popularity. Uh, there's a game called 13 Dead End Drive. Where it's basically this uh, rich person has been deceased, and there's these twelve people let loose in the mansion, trying to kill each other and, and claim this uh, reward in the will, essentially. And basically, you have you characters that you control, and the other people have characters they control, but nobody knows whose characters are whose. And you're slowly trying to kill each other off and make strategic moves and stuff like that. It, it's kind of this fun, like, simple strategy game. Uh, it never really got that, quite that popular, but it is a lot of fun. If you've never heard of it, huh. you should look at it. No. It, it's interesting. And then I guess, uh, you know, I mentioned that there's a lot of strategy games out there, but one of the simpler ones that's a lot of fun uh, that you can do with a small group of people, even with just two people, uh, from a co-op perspective, is called Pandemic. It's basically, I've heard of Pandemic. Yeah, it's basically there's a, a global pandemic that, that's happening, and there's multiple types of these viruses that are going around and you have to work together to try and, you know, create uh, vaccines and, and solve the pandemic before it gets out of control. That one's pretty simple, but pretty fun. There's a fair amount of luck involved still, Yeah, but it's, it, that one's pretty interesting. It's probably a good entry to the strategy uh, atmosphere for a lot of people. Um, then yeah, you mentioned Battleship, but those, those are really some of the ones that, that come to mind for me. There's a lot of board games that are out there that oh, there's people so many. hold near and dear. And, and for many of those, I wouldn't disagree just because since the fun factor is important, if it's fun, I mean, you can't really knock it, you know? Like, if you have people who are playing it that are into it, it's really hard to, you know, beat that experience. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have like, you know, Catan and yeah. all these other things. Yeah, you know, just have a good time with it. Agreed. But yeah, I guess... Uh, Last topic of conversation we have now is going back to this beer. Has Stone Cold been topped for you? Uh, I'm going to say no. I need to have another one to actually know. I, I need another one. No, not yet. Okay. But but so so you're you're basically indecisive is what you're saying. You're not committing to one. So like the, but you're saying the possibility. This is so. the rock. He hit the rock bottom on Stone Cold. Stone Cold kicked out. He just got a shoulder up at two. <laughs> And you know, the match is still going. It's still going. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a decision on my end either. Yeah. I think. I think they're different enough to where I can like them both about equally. I guess. No, don't do that. Be decisive. 
Well, I mean, if you consider the fact that we're not big IPA guys or that crazy about it, I guess that that, that says something good about it, right? So I think yeah. maybe that probably gives it a slight edge. Because probably it does much, something but, we didn't expect. But also, this beer is very interesting with the red ale, with the, the citrus in it, I guess. it's. I think we should have one more. we got to figure it out. Yeah, it, it's something different that I did not expect, and I actually... I'm really liking now, so yeah. I I think I like both beers individually, but yeah, I guess that's that's all I had. I mean, kind of like I said, it's just whatever board game floats your boat, whatever uh, gets your ship rocking. Uh, you know, I, I think we should probably have more board game nights. You know, we think just thinking about it, you're like, huh? You know, like you played a lot more as a child, but you're like, huh? Well, you, you understand a lot more as an adult. Everyone, you could probably get four to five people invested. You know, this is like the next big thing, I think, is especially technology, virtual board game nights with basically all these different like popular board games having like cyber versions of them with webcams to where you're basically playing the licensed version of these online, like, you know, playing Monopoly online together. I mean, heck, you know, they've had those since like the NES Super Nintendo yeah, but I'm saying like through internet and like kind of hooking that up with your computers, webcams, things like that, kind of doing some of these and, and basically having the automated functions to where it's basically like playing a computer game together. Because, yeah, there, there's there's ways you can manually do it too easily now. You know what, uh, Shout out to Jackbox. Yeah, I think Not Jackbox, really a board game. Could be. Jack, Jackbox has really taken a big jump on that front. Like basically jumping into like the virtual party game space. Because, yeah, there's even ways to do that remotely yeah so i think that's that's something that's been big yeah it's just i was trying to eliminate that latency you know there's always gonna yeah. be some kind of depending on your wi-fi it's always gonna be some kind of lag but it's getting better 2020's kind of helped push that forward sure that's that's that that goes without saying i think yeah so yeah i, I think the most important thing is you know just it, it is a holiday season gather whoever you love and just play something agreed I think those are good enough sentiments to end on. <laughs> uh, so we're going to grab another one of these uh, You'll Shoot Your Eye Outs, and uh, we'll give you our final verdict on the next episode. Until then, have a good one. <laughs>